Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found with at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar on YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www patreon.com forward slash from the shadows you can receive books stickers coffee mugs and special content just for our patreon subscribers check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer well that's all i have for you right now folks and thanks for being a part of the from the shadows podcast family so with that being said let's get this episode started Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the From the Shadows podcast. I am your host, Shane Grove, and with me, as always, is the super producer, Jason. Greetings. How you doing, Shane? You know, it's. I think summer has officially hit here in Ohio. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, it's warmed up pretty good today. Because yes. I'm, sitting, I'm sitting up here in my office, and uh, I, I'm wondering why the air conditioner is not on. Because <laughs> it's a little bit hot. Yeah, it is. It's, it, the it's humidity bit, is actually coming up here in the house, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit hot. So, you know, but hey, I'm not going to complain. You know, bring on summer. I'm tired of winter. That's right. <laughs> so uh, with us tonight, and I know, you know, Jason, tell everybody how when I mentioned the guest that we have tonight and mentioned what she was going to come on and talk about, what your first thought was about the subject matter. I was curious, very curious. I was like, Snallygaster. I said, I got to I gotta look this up. I said, uh, this is a lesser known <laughs> cryptid here. You just <laughs> gave it away. You just gave it away to everybody. Tonight, we're talking about the Snallygaster. So <laughs> let's see a raise of hands in the audience. Who knows what the Snallygaster is? Uh, there's one guy in the back, and that's it. What, what country is he in? You got to be more specific now. We're in about at least 18 different countries. I don't know, but I don't think it's from. I, I think he's. I think he's 
Oh, it's Sarah's husband. He knows. He's oh, listening. Oh, okay. He knows. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so joining us tonight is, and I'm just going to go out and say, it, one of the foremost experts in the United States, for my money, Sarah Cooper. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk about the Snallygaster. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, you know, my husband knows way too much about the Snallygaster because we are constantly talking about it at home. <laughs> does, does, okay, so, so before we say this word one more time, tell, mm -hmm. let, explain to our audience what exactly is a Snallygaster? Sure. So um, the Snallygaster is a cryptid from American folklore. It is a bird reptile chimera. Um, so it has like a bird's head. It has one eye with a cyclops. Um, it has wings and some descriptions say tentacles that come out of its mouth. Um, so it's described as a, having a 25-foot wingspan, claws with sharp talons that feel like hot glowing metal, a long pointed bird beak. And then there's some discrepancy between whether it has one eye as a cyclops or three eyes with one in the middle of its forehead. Um, and it's been terrorizing the people of uh, Western Maryland since the 1730s. Wow. <laughs> well, this sounds, I, I got to say, this sounds like the ugliest cryptid that I've ever heard. This sounds like a terrifying heard. cryptid. <laughs> it's a cryptid only a mother could love. Is right. That yeah, that's that a good way to put it. <laughs> right. Okay. So, <laughs> so where, where does this legend come from? Where, you know, where does this cryptid come from in our, in folklore? Like where, where is are its origins? How did it get here? Sure. It's got a weird story. So it, it originated from German immigrants who came to this area of the country and settled. Um, and they had a thing they called Schnellergeist, which means quick ghost or quick spirit in German. And it was just kind of a catch-all to say, oh, you know, something fell off of a table. It must have been, you know, Schnellergeist. They're telling kids, if you don't go to bed on time, the Schnellergeist is going to get you. And over the years, through word of mouth and adapting to the English language, it Schnellergeist turned into Snallygaster, um, and that's kind of where it started with these immigrants. But a lot of that history is lost. There's not a lot of written information from that time. Um, I think the earliest one, I actually have the book right here, um, that even mentions it slightly, and it's like a very vague mention, um, is South Mountain Magic, which was written, oh gosh, I can't remember the year right now, late 1800s, basically. Um, so there's not a whole lot of stuff until the early 1900s where we have written history. So, so there's actually, so, so in other words, German immigrants came over and their word for a ghost or something was, was Snallygaster. And as they came over and started settling in, in, in the United States, they brought that with them. And then, mm -hmm. and then that became a name then that was attributed to a cryptid that was here in the United States. Cause it's not like they had a Snallygaster in a cage and brought it on a ship. No. So, but, but it was, a, it was something that they believed in in Germany. And then it just became attached to a actual cryptid here in the United States. Yes. Like the concept was always there, but it 
it, you know, came to be this tall tale as a lot of things did in, in America. It's kind of what, you know, our thing here. Um, and it got attached to this super terrifying flying demon thing. Well, um, so <laughs> I, I just can't get the mental <laughs> picture of this thing out of my head. Same because, here. I'm still thinking about it, envisioning it. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I mean, cause I can think it's of like crazy. three or four, I can think about three or four other things I would scream out loud if I saw this thing other than Snallygaster. But I'm sure. <laughs> so, so where, so where do we find then the first stories that this name is attributed to a certain um, event or, uh, you know, a cryptid sighting or something? Sure. Like, okay, so around the same time as the Jersey Devil craze happened um, in 1909 people started reporting that they saw the Snallygaster in this area. Um, the first story was printed in the Middletown Valley Register in February of 1909, um, and it kind of took off from there. So there was a big slap of stories about the Snallygaster in that you know, brief time period, 1909 to 1910. Um, let me look at my, I have a little uh, map that I'm making. So let's see. So it was carried for, actually, I'm sorry, I'm mistaken. It was carried for about a month in 1909, and then it just died off. So we have a bunch of weird sightings in 1909. We have the um, official murder, Nallygaster murder in 1909. Um, oh, no, wait, no, wait a second. Yeah. There's an official, <laughs> okay, okay. This, because... I think this might be the only cryptid that has a body count. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so... I mean, listen, that in itself is, I mean, that's very interesting because you're right. I do not know of a dog man, a Bigfoot, a, you know, moth man, um, you know, whatever down the line of cryptids, any of them that are officially charged with murder or thought to have committed that sort of crime. So w what happened and why did they believe it was a Snallygast? So we had our first sighting in 1909. It was a man named James Harding who described the, the first person to really describe it in print, saying it had these enormous wings, beak, claws, the one eye, that whole thing. They said it made uh, screeching noises. It sounded like a locomotive. And the next story after that reported that a man named Bill Gifferson was um, exsanguinated by the Snallygaster. They say that it pierced his neck with its sharp bill and sucked his blood and threw his body off of a cliff. Wow. <laughs> what? What? Okay. So, was there a an eyewitness to this, or is just this? Is this just kind of took place when there was a lot of sightings in an area where there was a lot of sightings, and so they attributed this guy's death to that? I mean, why did it get pinned on the Snallygaster? I'm really not sure, and it's actually very hard to find a record of it like an official record. I can find a lot of newspaper articles, but I can't find many death records from that time. So I'm not sure how it turned into that this person was killed by the Snallygaster. I couldn't find any like description of what, you know, what was it about the body that says this? Because there's no official thing saying, oh, it was drained of blood. This is just what got reported. And, and I think, you know, maybe in a tabloid kind of fashion at the time. Uh, yeah. So, 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 
how close then where this murder took place, you know, you're talking about the same time frame as the Jersey devil, like how, how close uh, did the Jersey devil sightings happen to happen with the Snallygaster sightings? I want to say it was the same year because the, the Jersey devil. Yeah. So the Jersey devil. Well, I, I mean, I mean, like but the sighting started. Oh, you mean, I mean, I mean an actual like proximity, like how close. Oh, yeah. So. In 1909, the Jersey Devil was spotted uh, over New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. So they kind of crossed paths. There was a lot of crossover in Maryland and Pennsylvania, where they would have both kind of been. And some people think the Snallygaster and the Jersey Devil are the same, you know, cryptid, but they have such widely different descriptions of what they look like. I find that kind of suspicious. I don't think they're the same thing at all. Hmm. Wow. That, I, that's, I mean, isn't that, well, I, and I think maybe we'll get into, you know, some of the other stuff that you've told me about the Snallygaster that maybe um, there's a reason why these things came out, you know, are being seen at the same time um, in certain cycles, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, I think that I don't, I don't want to give it away what all you're going to talk about, but uh because Jason has, because Jason has no idea. Well, I mean, we're only here to surprise him. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but, a lot of that is my speculation, not really. <laughs> I mean, all cryptid stuff is speculation, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I think when you do enough research on the subject and you're out there every day talking about it and reading about it and writing about it, I mean, there, there comes a time where you probably have a certain amount of knowledge that your speculation is, is more of a very well-educated guess, you know, or, you know, it's not just like, well, I think it's like, I think because this happened, this happened, and this happened, you know? Yeah, so I agree with that. Yeah. 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 So I, I think don't, I think you should give yourself a little more credit than <laughs> just say, it's just, uh, I just drew the, pulled that out of a hat, you know, because, if you're really, I mean, if you're really knee deep in, in studying these, you know, eyewitness accounts and, and newspaper clippings and hunting stuff down to the, you know, into 1909, I mean, you have a certain knowledge that I think gives you a little bit uh, credibility when you when you're going to throw something out as far as uh, a belief in what's going on. So um, remember, I said you were the Snallygaster expert. I know. I don't. I don't okay. know if I deserve that title, but. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, nobody's listening, so nobody's going to care. But anyway, <laughs> you will be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I probably will. I probably will be brought up on charges of proclaiming somebody a cryptid expert. Trust me, it won't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you did get attacked one time, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, okay, so we have this rash of sightings. We have a murder or supposed killing that is pinned on the Snallygaster. So what happens then? You, there's, you said there's like a rash of sightings. So what, you know, what kind of happens? It was like a, a media frenzy. And we have a couple of apocryphal tales that I don't know how much validity these things have or if they do. And it was covered up so that people didn't look silly later. But the biggest one um, that gets printed over and over again when people talk about the Snallygaster is that President Theodore Roosevelt 
postponed a trip to Europe, which he did officially do in this time period. But they say he postponed the trip because he was trying to lead an expedition up into Maryland in the mountains to capture or kill the Snallygaster. You know, listen, what I know of reading about Theodore Roosevelt, that absolutely sounds like something he would do. To be oh, it's, it's absolutely it's so believable. Like I didn't question it at all. I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Of course he would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, since I can't find any, you know, official documentation, it's kind of we're presenting it as a cool piece of American history. It may be true, it may not be true, and we probably won't ever know. Um, one story that got printed around that time said that the Smithsonian was putting together um, funding to give like a reward for whoever could capture him. I don't know if the Snallygaster is male or female, whoever could capture it. Um, and that one is also very hard to track down if there's really any validity to that claim. Um, I think it's really cool. And I think that the fact that it's so so ingrained in Snallygaster history makes it worth mentioning and worth exhibiting in the museum. But I'm not trying to present that as like the absolute truth because it's really hard to say. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that is super interesting to... Um, to think that, you know, one of the, you know, high, one of the institutions of the day that's held in high esteem got, was getting involved in, you know, hey, let's capture this thing so we can put it on display. Now, maybe they did that because they knew they'd make way more money than the reward that they offered if they had actually had a Snallycaster in the, you know, in the front on display. For oh, absolutely. Come check out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. so okay. So you, so we're talking about a short time period. Is that the only mm-hmm. period in time that there have been? No. Okay. So what? the end of this time period, the last Snallygaster sighting in Frederick County occurred near a town called Emmitsburg in March of 1909. And this one I find a little sketchy, but supposedly these three men were at the railroad station and they fought the Snallygaster off for an hour and a half before they chased it into the woods of Carroll County. But given the description and size of this thing, I just find that story really hard to believe. I find it easier to believe the Smithsonian Roosevelt stuff than this. This seems a little far-fetched. But that's the last 1909 sighting. Okay. Okay. So then so then, then where, where, where do we go in Snallygaster history? So then 23 years go by, and that is where we're getting some of this uh, part of the legend is that this Nallygaster egg cycle is a 23-year hatching situation. Um, So 23 years later, we get to 1932, and we start to have another rash of sightings um, in Washington County, which is right next to Frederick County. Um, People are saying that they saw this Nallygaster fly toward them, that they've seen it flying over the area. And this is where some of the tentacle lore comes into play. People say that it either has tentacles coming out of its mouth or that it has arms that are tentacles and that it can change size, shape, and color at will. And and this kind of uh, flap, maybe this was a different Snallygaster, is kind of where we're going. Um, this Snallygaster didn't hurt anybody or attack anybody. It really just kind of floated around on top of you know, towns and looked at people and then flew away. I hear like a squeaking. What is that? You hear a squeak? Yeah, I hear it too. It Um, sounds like a baby Snallagaster. 
I told you guys the air conditioning is on. I live in the country. I got the window open. It's the birds. Oh, that's what so, it is. Okay. Keep so, it, so embrace, hey, embrace nature. <laughs> Okay, and if I scream, if I, if, I, if I scream and suddenly disappear, then it is. It's a snail gas, and it just and it just took me. It just took you. You're done. It just <laughs> took you. So 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 with those with that sighting, like how many people? Like how many people are we talking about that are making report? You know, reporting this. The first one was probably 30-something people. This 1932 flap was um, a little bit smaller. Um, so the 1932, the big sighting that got a lot of news was two men, Charles Martin and Edward Leiter, who said they were driving on the National Pike, and they saw the Snallygaster flying about 25 feet overhead, and they had the same kind of descriptions about it, having this giant wingspan and the tentacles and all of that. Um, so that was like the big legitimate and using air quotes sighting at that time was these two dudes who are just, you know, I don't know whether that's legit or not. They went to the paper and it made the paper. So we'll say, yes, it is. Cause we know that the media would never lie. <laughs> well, but here's the thing is why, why the snow again? I mean, you're talking 20 some years later, like to go mm -hmm. to the newspaper and say, Hey, the snow is back. You know, I mean, um, well, I mean, that, and it's a far fit. I mean, when you start, when we start talking about describing cryptids, it is one of the craziest ones around. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I mean, if you're going to say, hey, I saw a big, you know, hairy uh, thing walking on two feet, I mean, you could, you can almost accept that, or even a dog, walk, you know, a dog man or something. But when, I mean, you're talking about a flying thing with tentacles that looks, you know, as crazy as what this thing uh, is supposed to look like. That's you're really, in my book, going out on a limb unless you saw something that was. Yeah, so, that's the that thing. Was, what could you have seen that was flying in the air in the 1930s? It's not like people had drones or, you know, someone could have been pranking you. So it is definitely worth looking into and worth. Um, you know, giving some merit to that. Obviously, they felt strongly enough to go report that they saw something. I mean, the only the only thing I keep thinking of is, are these people seeing like one of those great big cranes with a like a baby octopus in its mouth or something? You know, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> that is definitely I mean, one of the theories. Is that one of the theories? Is that one? Of yeah. The so the theory is either that it's a bird with an octopus in its mouth or that the okay. snallygaster doesn't really have these tentacles. It was just eating an octopus at that moment when these people saw it. And it just got kind of mixed in with all the snallygaster history. Hey, listen, I got to be honest with you. What are the odds that, okay, what, <laughs> where's Ve Okay. So what, what's Vegas going to put the odds of that there's actually a cryptid with tentacles that flies around or that this many people on accident saw a bird flying around the night eating an octopus. <laughs> okay. I got to be honest with you. I think the cryptid existing looking like that is probably better odds. Don't, don't you? I mean, oh, yeah. that would be like a crazy coincidence. That it all really these... wouldn't. This part of Maryland is not near the ocean. And I don't think that, I mean, I don't know, but I can't think that of anything I've seen that birds are just regularly scooping 
an octopus out of the sea. It just doesn't really happen. No, that doesn't happen too often. Is it? What was yeah. Maryland famous for? Crab, like blue crabs or something? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, okay, I maybe I could buy that if it had like cra- if this thing had was flying around with cra- and it was had crab legs or something. It's <laughs> sure. like, oh, okay. Octopus yeah, like, are weird. Mm-hmm. I've never. I, that is the craziest part of this. I gotta. I gotta admit. So so here we have the big flap in the 30s. Then then what happens in Snallagaster history? So we have the big flap in the 30s. Um, and then the Snallagaster met a very fitting end. Um, and this kind of plays into the idea that some of these sightings and sounds and explanations for the Snallagaster could be these um, moonshiners that were making moonshine out on the mountain. Um, so that's kind of part of this whole lore, but the official Snallygaster death said that, um, the Snallygaster was flying around an area called Frog Hollow and it was attracted to the smell of this giant 2,500 gallon vat of moonshine. It flew overhead and the moonshine was so strong that that Snallygaster was overcome by the fumes and just fell out of the sky into this boiling mash. And then that's where my conspiracy theories start to come into play. Okay. All right. Because I'm telling you, this would be a great microbrewery, wouldn't it? Like serving like mm-hmm. Snallagaster moonshine. I mean, come on. Oh, my gosh. That's the dream, right? Someday. <laughs> Snallagaster moonshine. Oh, so. I'd buy a pint so, of it. Absolutely. You'd, buy a, you'd buy a pint of it no matter what it was, as long as it was moonshine. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> so, so supposedly this cryptid is overcome with fumes from the still and just and destroys, and I'm assuming destroys the still and the so whole no, run that's of moonshine. That's weird. Okay. It's this giant still vat, whatever, of moonshine mash. The Snallygaster just kind of yeets themselves into it. And then these revenue agents from the government show up on the scene. Um, they were there to bust the moonshine makers, supposedly, but they were startled by this giant dead dragon in the vat. So rather than photograph it or like try to pull it out, you know, preserve it, they got 500 pounds of dynamite and just blew the thing up along with all the Snallygaster remains. Now, wait a cotton picking second. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's my foghorn leghorn uh, imitation. <laughs> anyway, um, so so there is record of these federal agents, or is this just a story that was in the newspaper? Like, how is no, this? No, this is a rec- there's a record of them busting this guy, John Barleycorn. I don't know that that's his real name, but bar- busting his moonshine outfit. Wait a second. His last name was John Barleycorn? John Barleycorn. Okay, that's a totally made up name. But go ahead. I think it's <laughs> because... a made up name. I think moonshiners don't go by their real names, but <laughs> No, I... they don't. Well they didn't back in the day. Having these like Yeah, back in the day for sure they didn't. But having these mysterious government entities show up and destroy evidence is very much in line with a lot of cryptid and UFO sightings where these men in black show up. Exactly. Start telling people not to talk, all this stuff. So this is where I'm saying like this is a, a cover up. Something was there. Why would you just use all this dynamite and blow it up? Why not? Yeah, like five. Like I'm not out. Like I'm not working in the in the stone quarry. Five hundred pounds of dynamite's a lot of dynamite, isn't it? I mean, that's a that's, lot. 
that, that would do some serious damage. I mean, that's like, we're going to blow this thing up and we're going to make sure nobody finds any of it. Yeah, like there can't be any evidence left behind. So when did this uh, take place? When did this supposedly take place? This was the last sighting of 1932. So this happened all in the same year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, wow. Okay. That's, That's crazy stuff right there that the federal because you're right it does tie into so much of the lore of cryptids of where you know the men in black or some government agency shows up and and um disposes takes you know claim whatever the body or the evidence and Mm -hmm. it sounds like in this case the thing was already dead and they just said well you know we're just getting rid we're just getting rid of all signs of this exactly they just didn't want to deal with it wow and i don't know what the cover-up was but that story just does not sit right with me at all it does seem like there's something to that yeah yeah because look i don't i mean there are a lot you know you know when we talk about bigfoot and dogman and ufos and Mothman, there's a lot of there's a lot of government agencies involved in a lot of these stories, and you wonder why. Like, who cares? Like, um, the FBI doesn't show up when a dog chases me down the street on the mail route and tries to bite me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't seem very interested. They don't seem very interested in my safety when it comes to a dog. <laughs> so, what are, what's their interest in these? In these other creatures, you know, and um, exactly what are you trying to keep quiet? But I will say, I will say this, okay, when we it does because we're talking to like this is in the Maryland, West Virginia type area, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, like it does, like West Virginia and. And Bo Kennedy, I apologize because you'll listen. But you know, he knows <laughs> West Virginia is just seems like crazy. There's crazy stuff, okay? And the mountains and the caves and the caverns. Like if there was gonna be some place on the eastern in the eastern part of the United States where a just for just throwing it out there, where a dragon or a flying type dinosaur still existed in this you know 17 18 early 1900s i gotta be honest that's kind of a place where i think i could see something like that hiding existing like in a valley up in the mountains and the caves and well i I mean totally i mean that's that's the perfect environment where they can hide out especially back during that time period it was more dense than than what it is now yeah Yeah, i mean i drive drive through west i drive through west virginia now and i still look um you know you're on what 77 and you still look to the left and to the right and i'm just like there's places on these hills there's no way people are on or see that ground once a yeah. year. No way. Yep. No way. I there's just because it's so vast. And I I mean, I know a lot of people don't probably can't grasp that, you know, because I mean I'm looking out my window and everything's farmed and, you know, um, 
taken care of. And there's not here in Ohio, right where I'm at and Jason's at, there's not a lot of just like untamed wilderness. No, now you don't not. have to go to, you don't have to go too far in the state and you can find it in the Eastern part of the state and Southern part of the state, which then becomes, goes into West Virginia. Yep. And, um, and I'm sure like parts of Maryland and parts of Virginia and parts of Pennsylvania is, it's just, um, I can definitely see, especially back then, when a lot of stuff still even then wasn't explored, where there could be a creature like this, especially if there's only like one or two of them left, where yeah, they could hide. Yeah, I where think it's worth looking into that, like, you know, they have the Bridgewater Triangle up in New England that Lauren Coleman did all this research on, and, you know, there's all these high strangeness and weird sightings and stuff, and there really isn't a big... I don't know, like, I feel like it, it gets kind of separated by state, but I feel like there has to be some kind of area in, in this, you know, Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Maryland, that there is like a, a, a you know, a certain zone where all this weird stuff happens and where all these cryptids are seen. Well, I just, bl- I, I'm going to blame it. Square- yeah, I'm going to blame it squarely on West Virginia, but that that's okay. But that's just because... <laughs> See, man, I hope when we're going on vacation, our car doesn't break down in West Virginia. I just oh man, you're screwed if it does. It's over. You might end up in one of them uh, wilderness places, and nobody's gonna find you. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Like, is that the Snallygaster, or is is that a? Uh, is that the Jersey Devil? Is that the uh, Mothman? Yeah, they're, they're like it's all of us. That's a we Thunderbird. Uh, as long as it's yeah. not the Vegetable Man, the Vegetable Man scares me the most of all the cryptids. I hate it. Oh him. my god. Okay, so let's finish the Snallygaster before we get on the Vegetable Man, <laughs> okay. and we'll let all the parents put their young children to bed so that they <laughs> so they don't have another reason not to like vegetables. So, so what? So, so then what? So is there anything? So the Snallygaster ha- just disappeared, basically. I mean, that was the end of it. There was one brief report in 1948 that it was seen soaring above a town or a county town, Westminster, um, near Frederick County. And then in 1973, the Maryland State Police did an official search for, and this is a whole other thing that I've got to tell you, is that the Snallygaster has an arch enemy cryptid. So in 1973, like we're talking, we're talking like this is like superhero stuff. Okay, all right. What, what do we yeah, got? they've got beef. They've got so much beef, and um, I haven't posted it yet, but I have an incredible um, comic that this artist did of a Snallygaster fighting his arch enemy. So okay. the arch enemy of the Snallygaster um, was searched for starting in 1973 in Sykesville, Maryland. Um, the Maryland State Police was searching for a huge hairy monster. Described by residents as a cross between the Dwayo and the Snallygaster. So Dwayo is W or sorry D W A Y Y O. So it's like a dog man basically. So the Dwayo has human traits. It's a humanoid dog creature that hatches from a Snallygaster egg. So residents of Sykesville reported the Dwayo as this six to seven foot tall dog humanoidish creature with a big bushy tail, black hair. It killed a cow and a bunch of dogs and left these big footprints behind. And apparently this got turned into that the Snallygaster and Dwayo had some kind of lifelong feud. So, okay. So we're talking about a dogman sighting and they, yeah. and, they and they're tying it to the Snallygaster? Yeah. So supposedly they, the Dwayo, 
and then when we got into this and it was like, oh yeah, well, part of the lore was that the, some people would kind of invoke the Dueo to keep the Snallygaster at bay. And the Dueo was like, you know, this protective spirit for certain people. But it didn't really come out until this time when the Dogman sighting started. So I'm not sure how that got mixed together exactly. Um, and this is actually something I forgot to say at the beginning. Um, one of the only ways to ward off the Snallygaster, according to legend, is with these um, seven-pointed stars that people paint on their barns. It's something that German and Dutch immigrants, and if you drive through Maryland and Pennsylvania, you'll see them on all the old barns. So they're called hex stars and hex barns. And apparently, according to this whole thing, these were to ward off the Snallygaster from killing your livestock. So if you're ever going in that area and you see those, that's what that's about. And I think I, I think we talked about that 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 is something like an Amish country around here. Like yes. you would see, man, I, I'm tempted to add next time I'm in Amish country to ask about one of those and just see what they would say. Like, oh, it's just you know we do it just for the tourists. Or if somebody would say, no, it's to ward off the Snallygaster. Be like, well, it's that would be so well, wild. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I would really love to, I would really love to ask that and see what they would say. And, and, uh, but that's kind of, that's kind of weird that somebody would lump in the dog, a, do, a dog man and a snallycaster. Oh, it's super weird. Because, because to be quite honest, if the, if the Dueo was hatching from a snallygaster egg, I think maybe the beef is that somebody was sleeping with somebody else. It shouldn't have been. And, oh, exactly. It's like Maury Povich. Now yeah, Maury like Povich. let's 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 bring let's, <laughs> like like let's bring let's bring the Snally Mr. Snallygaster out. Let's bring <laughs> you are not the father. Not the, oh my God! And, and but in all seriousness, like I like nothing. We've you know the people that we've talked to that have had actual dogman sightings, including. The, including the judge who's not with us tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody is conjuring one of those things up to war. I mean, how bad is the Snallygaster if you think yeah, that, you gotta, you're... that you're asking the dog man to come and help out? Oh, I know that's, you know? that Snallygaster sounds very nasty. I mean, really. Yeah. If you're going to call it, a dog man to protect you to against us. the Snallygaster, <laughs> yeah. And and here's the thing. Okay, so so here's the thing is that you know a lot of the research and stuff that you know that we have done with you know and around the dog man is is that they are tied to Native American burial mounds, and that mm-hmm. is some some uh, camps believe that you know they're this, like a spirit type animal that the native Americans have to kind of guard their dead or, or guard their sacred places. So, you know, then you have a whole other spiritual aspect of the Snallygaster where people are painting, you know, the seven pointed star on their barn to ward off um, the Snallygaster. And then in this cross story, somebody is, yeah, at, you know, invoking you know the let's bring the dog man to help us it's all this really rooted in spiritual and folklore and and kind of stuff like that that really i mean that's the stuff that i really give a lot of credence to 
is yes, oh, absolutely. The folklore aspect is so important, and it says so much about whether you believe in cryptids or not. Like, what is going on in society at the time? Who's influencing these things? Where is this coming from? Like, it, that's a, a big draw for me. And what really led me to do the museum was there's so much cool folklore. And when I look back at how much of this just got lost to time. I'm like, I don't want that to happen again. I want there to be a record somewhere where we can say, oh, the reason people think this is because of this, because there's so much that I can't piece together, even with the news coverage. And I think that's like one of the coolest things about cryptozoology. Yeah, because, I mean, when you have 30 people saying they saw something and independent of one another, even if 90% of those people were just lying, that's still, you know, seven eight people that saw something yeah of of, course and when they're coming from different regions or different locales in general and they're Mm -hmm. pretty much describing the exact same cryptid there's something there's something to that yeah because they weren't really able to just communicate with each other so easily like we can now so there is he does yeah. it for this. It's like this wasn't just going the way it is when you post something on Instagram and five seconds later everyone knows about it. This was a slow process. So it can't have been this big conspiracy among all these people in this time period. Yeah, it's not like you putting on Instagram that you were going to be on with us and then thousands of people have seen it and commented and liked it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I love Instagram just so much. It's, it's really... <laughs> Amazing. Like the, the Snallygaster art that has come out since I started this and started just asking people to make it, it's just been crazy. Like well, I can't you, believe how many people are so talented and, and willing to share their work. Well, we, we have, um, and this is a com- little off topic, but this will give everybody a little, uh, a little insight. And so, so we try, you know, we, I have a, I have a, a lady who, helps with our some of our social media stuff and so she's trying to create mo- like a mothman monday okay and so we you know every monday she's searching for the best artwork the best um you know just mothman stuff and and mm-hmm. like kind of putting it out there on our stories on instagram so what i think we need to start then is maybe a snallygaster saturday how about oh, that? Yes, I like that. I agree. How, bu- how I about agree. that? We'll do a snally gat. We'll. St- I'll tell. I'll tell Nita. Um, to 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 on Saturday. It's nothing but snally gaster. And we'll start. <laughs> and we'll start. We'll start promoting. Uh, this you know some of the art that you've got and some of the cool stuff. So so yeah, tell everybody like what. So so you wanted to preserve these stories, this history. And maybe this cover up, okay? Because I think Jason, I I think Jason and I are are we're probably look when you talk to enough people and hear enough stories and 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 just learn enough stuff that's not on the air that we can't even put on the air. You listen, we don't. I think Jason, you will concur. I wouldn't put it past anybody to cover up something like that and try to silence a piece of unfortunate. Uh, biology that was still hanging around in the 1930s or 40s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, because because that doesn't fit with what, you know, with what we're trying to promote here, you know, a safe place in West Virginia and Maryland, you know, how can how can there be how can you tell everybody there's no such thing as dragons or dinosaurs 
still alive when there's one flying around, you know, killing somebody or terrorizing somebody, you know, I mean, I just, yeah, I like just, they don't want to snap people out of their worldview and risk them thinking for themselves and going against some of these ridiculous things that were going on at the time. Yep. Well, Absolutely. no, and it, and I think a lot of the times the government or, you know, not to bash on the government, but the people in charge or whatever, they don't really know what's going on either. You know, they're just trying to figure it out, too. And but they've already pushed forth a narrative of, yeah, there's 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 no such thing as dragons. Oh, except for this one that's flying around. Yeah, they're, they're trying to figure it out <laughs> while they try to simultaneously yeah. keep us in the dark. Yeah, because hey, imagine. I mean, let me tell you something. If you if you can pass a pet store and they're out there with selling puppies, imagine a pet store selling like some side, you know, selling dragons. Like yeah, you know, I'm out there a holding this baby. dragon in this. Oh. I'm, yeah, I'm holding this baby dragon and like, come on in, it's special. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's Snallygaster Saturday here at Pet Smart. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. buy, buy a dragon. And get I can see it now. They'll take gorilla glue and they'll put little wings on the back of oh, baby god. alligators. Oh god! <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so what? So, so tell us about this museum that you're putting together. Then. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so um, I've told the story about the inspiration for this museum, and it's like touchy feely. So we won't, we don't have to go there. But basically, um, yeah, we're not very touchy feely. Yeah, ahead. no. Like I'm an ER nurse. I worked through COVID. It was terrifying, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna put my energy towards something else to get me through this, and this is what I put it towards. Um, so we're building a log cabin on our property. We live in one of the oldest houses in Frederick County. Uh, it's on like the National Register of Historic Places. And our house was built by a German immigrant family that came over in the 1730s. And I think that gives us such a cool tie-in to it the does. family. It is. Because yeah, the it people does. who told the story, you know, like that story lives in the walls of these houses. And, you know, I have like my, you know, hippy-dippy stuff where I'm like something about that energy, you know, in this house definitely like led to this inspiration because I've always loved cryptids, but the Snallygaster really just, caught my eye. So we're building a um, log cabin. We're torn between whether we're doing a log cabin or barn style with a big old hex star on it. I was going to say, if you don't have a hex star, you're just Oh, we're going to have one either way, but I'm just like, I don't know what design. (laughs) But it's going to be a little bigger than a tiny house for now, um, where we're going to have a bunch of the old newspaper articles um, and things like that about the Smallygaster. I have collected so much artwork just it's just so cool. I have all this artwork that people have done. I have Snallygaster references in pop culture. The Flintstones had a book series where Fred Flintstone was like in the circus training the Snallygaster to do tricks. And Are you kidding I brought me? that book. Really? It's so crazy. I'll send you a picture. I brought that the book series. They're kind of hard to find. I brought them to some events and people were like, oh, is this a joke? Like, they think I made it or photoshopped it, but it was a real thing. The Flintstones in the 1960s. I don't know how. And I, that's something I need to research and find out how, who the hell came up with that. You know, who, what person heard about this and used this? So I've got this weird pop culture references. We, of course, have stuff from Fallout 76. Um, there's a new game coming out called Fearsome Wilderness that features a bunch of cryptids and we have, um, their Snallygaster, their prototype Snallygaster, which is a very traditional looking one with the tentacles and everything. 
So I collect basically anything from the past, anything pop culture. I have a really rare record by this band called The Skeptics called Snallygaster. Um, I have like posters from a movie about vaguely about it, just basically anything so that I can keep it in, in one area and invite people who know about Maryland folklore or something about this to share their experiences. And we can kind of have an air, you know, a center of like, this is where this is going to live. This is where we're going to keep the things to keep this folklore alive and so that people will be able to trace back where the legend changed and why it changed and things like that. Um, so that's kind of the goal. Um, another big part of it with the museum is that some people um, around the time that um, black people were getting the right to vote used the Snallygaster to try to scare black men out of voting and it didn't work. And I think that's amazing, but I think it's, it's something that needs to be told is that it has been used in different periods in history to try to, to, you know, oppress these disenfranchised people for various reasons. In the 1800s, it was used to try to scare um, enslaved people from escaping. And I actually don't have it pulled up right now, but I'm going to post on my Instagram. There's this really cool story of this man that tried to do that and it didn't work. And I think that's so just wild to me that you could tell these people that, I mean, when we were describing it, it's terrifying. It's absolutely like horrifying. Even now in the modern day where we can safely say it doesn't exist. But back in that time to tell these people, oh, this thing's going to come kill you and suck your blood and all this. And for them to still escape, I think that's so cool. And those kind of stories need to be told. The dark history of it, the bad things that people used it for, so that that doesn't get lost to time either. So we're kind of compiling the history, the folklore, the pop culture, the art, anything Sally Gaster. And eventually, hopefully, we'll get a much bigger setting. But for now, it's going to be in the super cool tiny house on my property where we'll do um, visits by appointment only because of COVID and everything like that. Well, wow. That that's, sounds that's, really that's, cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how cool. Okay. So just like take a step back and think about, I mean, are you the only Snallygaster museum in the United States? Yes. That is going to be awesome. How, I mean, do you pinch yourself and say, because Listen, in this day and age, it's not very often that you're the first and only of anything. Yeah, you're right. Yes. So, so I mean, I don't want to overwhelm you or anything, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, is this so? How is like is the Snallygaster still a, a thing in Germany and in Europe? It was never a thing over there in the way that it was here. Schnellergeist is still kind of a thing the way okay. the Poltergeist is. It's just a term, you know, it just means right. a spirit that does. So it's not really a thing over there. Um, but here it has such a deep roots in American folklore and American history. I feel like this is the place that we should have it, um, even if it did have more uh, cryptid-esque roots over there. But I, I can't find anything about that. It seems like a very American cryptid. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does. It certainly does. You know, you telling the story, the story about uh, the origin of the name and stuff. So, well, before we let everybody know then how they can follow your progress in the museum and send you artwork and all this other cool stuff, let's talk about the vegetable man. You brought him up. <laughs> What's what does this do? What does this do? Okay, I mean, listen, if he's like. Um, if he's asparagus, I might not like him either. But go ahead. Let's, let's just Have say. you guys not covered him? 
I don't even know you've heard of the vegetable guy. What are you talking about? Oh my God. Like, listen, I'm not going to, I don't want to sound weird, but I'm sure I'm going to. But when you say vegetable man, all I can remember is what was the dude that dressed up like Mr. Was it Mr. Body that had the body jumpsuit with all the insides? (laughs) Like, I'm seeing like this. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Shane. like, Like somebody promoting really good health. So let's hear about the vegetable. <laughs> no, the vegetable man is a, a West Virginia cryptid. He's this. Oh animal. God, that figures. He, that's <laughs> figures. what I'm saying. Of course, like semi-human thing. He's like really, really thin. Like his arms are just like the size of a quarter, I think, around. And um, he was seen in 1968 by the woods, like in the reeds of some river. And he has these like suction cup arms with thorns that protrude out and suck people's blood and just it freaks me out i don't know why this one bothers me so much but it just freaks me the heck out i don't like him and i don't know how he became the vegetable man because some of these cryptids like the names don't really make any sense i guess because he's green but i oh god don't like him okay listen i just solved the whole snallygaster vegetable man uh (laughs) right here you said he had suction cups and long arms that's the octopus. That's one of the octopuses that the crane had in its mouth, dropped it in a river, and it <laughs> adapted to the river. And it's just, you know, it's a suction cups and it's grabbing people. There you go. So that's there, really could be. I mean, was, octopi, octopi are definitely aliens. Like, they have, there's too much weird stuff about them oh, to go see. into. But yeah, they, they okay. definitely have some other worldliness to them. So you've, you've, you've ruined like, a lot of things for me. I just want you to know <laughs> in this episode. Now, the next thing you're going to tell me is the Kool-Aid man is from West Virginia too. And he's not all he's cracked up to be. And you're going to ruin Kool-Aid for me. Oh no. My favorite Kool-Aid uh, thing to ruin is when people say, uh, Oh, they drank the Kool-Aid, you know, to refer to Jonestown. And I just get so angry and I have to tell everybody that it was flavor aid. And that's the hill I'm going to die on because it makes me so mad. <laughs> it was Flavor Aid, which, by the way, if you go to her Instagram, you can see her wearing her Flavor Aid. I'm wearing shirt. my Flavor Aid shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Jim Jones was not even cool enough to spring for the good stuff. That's how horrible he was. <laughs> he couldn't even kill you with Kool Aid. He got the really off brand, like crappy Flavor Aid. And I feel like that is really important to, to give a whole picture of his character. I gotta be honest. I'm not sure we can spin the story in that way that it's gonna make it any better. <laughs> but no. uh, <laughs> but uh, that is interesting, and that's a that's a nice little. I mean, that's a I, very interesting fact, toys. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's flavor aid, not Kool Aid. Okay, well, I so you, at least you didn't ruin the Kool Aid man for me. Thank you. No, Thank I you didn't ruin much. the Kool Aid man yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll tell everybody. Um, um, because for our, all our Patreon listeners, we're keeping her around afterwards because she's got a, a really cool story that we cannot tell to the general <laughs> not, public. We cannot yeah, tell not the general public. But all, but all the Patreons will be able to hear it. So, uh, Folks, so that's we... his way of telling you to join our Patreon page so you can hear <laughs> some of these stories that are really off the wall. If Jeez. you think the howler gets to that point, you got to hear some of the stories from some of our other guests. <laughs> oh, so anyway, I, so I digress. Um, so tell everybody how they can, where they can find you at on social media and, and how they can 
you know, send you their very own Snallygaster picture or artwork or you know, I something hope they cool. Do. I'm so excited. So on um, Instagram, I am American Snallygaster Museum. Um, but the easiest way, I guess, to get to everything is just um, snallygastermuseum.com. That'll have links to our Instagram, Facebook. I haven't put TikTok on there yet, but we do have TikTok, um, Jason, Twitter, like J- all of that kind of stuff. Wait a second, Jason, she's got TikTok and we don't? Yeah, that is correct. God. Okay, all right, we'll get into TikTok. <laughs> okay. You've got to, oh my gosh, it's it's such a good app and if you get into the cryptid side of tiktok it goes down some really interesting rabbit holes about the feral canna uh what is it called feral cannibal humans living in the appalachian mountains and it, yeah it's tiktok is pretty great for weird content where you just go down a rabbit hole of nonsense so i definitely T- suggest you get one tiktok for all your feral human uh, cannibals. <laughs> cannibals. <laughs> Cannibal stories. And teenagers dancing. Yeah, t- it's just all of it in one place. Uh, is it, what does that say about our world in general? That in the same place, oh, my. teenagers dancing and that, all you that, wanted to know. That means we're about, pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, we, we're pretty messed up. Feral human cannibals. And, and once again, Appalachia, I'm sure it's in West Virginia, right? Of course. Okay. I think it right. was more Tennessee, though. I'll, I'll give that one to Tennessee. I think it was more Tennessee. Oh, God. See, well, Bo Kennedy, you dodged another one there. So, anyway, <laughs> so, 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 wh- how, how soon do you think people can expect to be able to come visit the Snallagaster Museum? We are going to be open to the public officially in September, but I will be at a lot of events um, through the summer and fall. And if you message me and you're in the area and, it, you know, the dates work out, I definitely am willing to do private showings. Um, my house is super spooky, so you have to be okay with that. Um, the last house sitter we had left in the night because of the ghost that he said he saw. So if you're cool with ghosts, I will do a private showing in the house, depending, because we're, we're all vaccinated here. Thank God. It, it, just, it just for all of our listeners that are, go- are going, why didn't he ask about the ghosts in her house? I did ask about the ghost in her house, and she's scared away the ghost from from coming they after talk her. To me. Yeah, because of the Snallygaster. I'm 100. They want sure. nothing to do with me. It's such a bummer. Yes, so I don't want to disappoint <laughs> all of our listeners. Believe me, as soon as I heard she lived in one of the oldest houses in Maryland, I asked about ghosts, and she doesn't have anything. It's so disappointing, her. and I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but um, it's going to be out Friday. Oh, okay. Amazing. So May 8th here in Frederick, we'll be at Dragon Distillery. They make a 92 proof Snallygaster whiskey. It's like a bourbon and rye or whiskey mix. Um, it's pretty awesome. So we're doing an event at Dragon Distillery. Um, all that info is on my, all the social media. So, um, we will be there promoting the museum and showing off some of our exhibits. And of course we'll have a bunch of Snallygaster themed drink specials, food specials and all that. And you can buy um, the Snallygaster whiskey, which is a limited time thing because it takes forever for them to age it in the barrels. And I don't know how whiskey works, but anyway. um, Yeah. So May 8th, Frederick, Maryland, check my social media. I would really love it if a lot of people could come out for this event. It's going to be awesome. Shane, that sounds like that's something for the judge and myself and maybe (laughs) Jerry. I think I have to send you guys a bottle of Snallygaster whiskey. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, listen, listen, I, I don't drink, 
but these guys do, so they'll drink and I'll get the bottle. That'll be probably how. Yeah, it's a it's a really beautiful bottle. Yeah, I mean it is super cool, so definitely worth it. I don't drink whiskey, so I'm just gonna be there, kind of hanging out, but (laughs) I'll try a little bit. We'll see. Mm. Oh, that sounds cool. Hey, I'm super excited. You look, I get over that way on vacation every year, so I think um, once the museum's up, I think uh, you may have uh, you may have a visitor from the from the Shadows podcast. Oh, that would be awesome. We may swing swing by and check out the snail. I mean, I'm kind of excited. Oh, there's so much cool stuff. I'll take you to Sykesville. They have a bunch of Snallygaster murals that I'm going to be doing walking tours of throughout the summer at their farmers market. So there's a lot of cool stuff to see here, um, including the Civil War Medicine Museum with all the uh, bone saws and stuff they use to amputate limbs, which is one of my favorite things about living here. It's so oh, weird. That would be cool. <laughs> we probably got some of the original morphine bottles. Yeah, it does. It's really cool. They make their own beer and stuff too. It's a super cool place. Oh yeah. So it's like so the so the Civil War uh, hospital like. <laughs> The amputation museum is also yeah, a distillery. Basically. Is there anything that's not um, they, distil- they have like a brewery. I mean, there's not a whole lot to do around here. I think we're getting into a lot of distillery brewery situations just to to pass the time through COVID, I guess. Listen, listen, cryptids, civil war amputations, and alcohol. What could go wrong? Really? Nothing. And what history. Remember, let's not forget <laughs> this yes, is promoting history. history. Yeah, geez. Uh, well, Sarah, I think it's so cool that you came on and talked to us about Snallygaster because I am sure that almost everybody that's listening has probably not heard of the Snallygaster. It's such a cool story, a lot of cool history, and I urge everybody to go check out. I love it. Uh, check out Sarah's social media um, and and just see all the cool artwork because I mean we've been checking it out now for about a week and a half and it's it's just pretty cool stuff so and i applaud jason i i'm sure he's applauding too that you are doing this because this is so neat and cool and i'm I, thank you for yes it is for say saving some some history yeah and this. thank you for coming on uh this has been a pleasure oh thanks for having me on it was super fun yes thank you yeah. so much and We'll sign off from the podcast now, and, and and we urge everybody, go check out Sarah's socials and show her some support. And when uh, the museum's up, go visit her. Absolutely. Yeah, please. Sure. It'll be fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll have lots of whiskey. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time. Never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.